Yeah. Uh. We gotta, gotta rise up. Rise up. Yo. Go for broke, give everything, better yet, give your all. They don't wanna see you win, nevertheless, yo, evolve. Wanna see my demise, you gonna be in for a surprise. Cause the sun ain't about to set, now it's about to rise. Come hell or high water, we gotta rise up. Welcome you to this week's episode of the Stages Mind podcast presented to you by Double ETV. This week is my honor and privilege to bring on the podcast speaker, author, first lady, Shalitha Sanders. Shalitha, how are you doing? I am great, great. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Uh, I'm just so honored and delighted to have you on the podcast. We go way back um, from our time uh, at the Trinity Broadcasting Network. Uh, so we'll start it off. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. First of all, thank you for having me on your show. Um, I am Shalitha Sanders. I am a wife. I wear a lot of hats. I'm a mother. I am the leading lady of Faith Empowerment Center. I am an author. I've written two books. Um, I'm a philanthropist. I'm a counselor resident. Listen, the list goes on and on. I do a lot in the community. I believe in community work, so I go out into the trenches. Um, so I do a lot. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I was reading in your bio that you that you are a native of Columbus. So what was life like growing up in Columbus, Ohio? Um, so for me, um, well, my family, actually all of my family lives in Buffalo, New York. And so my um, parents, they're um, natives of Buffalo, New York, and they um, moved here. Uh, my father was in the service and he moved here so that we can have a better life. Um, so we were all born here, myself and my other three siblings. Um, um, so Columbus, Ohio, to me, um, it was a place that I can remember running through the neighborhoods, going to the recreation center, um, you know, church. You know, I'm a, a Pentecostal siblings of the world baby, so I'm a PAW baby. We were always in church, um, um, so religious was kind of um, the foundation for our household. My father, he was a deacon in the church. My mother was like an usher, um, and so he believed in going to church. Education was another thing. He believed in um, sending his children to school, so we went to school every day. Um, we all graduated from college. Um, actually, we all have a master's in something. My sister has a JD in law. So um, education was very important in our household as well. Um, just remember going to Thompson's Swimming Pool. I don't know if anybody is listening from um, um, Britannia area, but you know that was our local swimming pool that we went to. It was an indoor swimming pool. I remember it was like thirty-five cents to get in. So, um, and I couldn't swim, but I just wanted to be in the water. Um, so that was something that we frequent on the bus. I remember getting on the Coda bus. My kids don't know anything about mm -hmm. riding the bus. So uh -huh. I remember taking the number nine from Britnell to um, Northern Lights. And I love to shop as a little girl. So we would take the bus there because at 14, I was working at Dairy Queen up the street on Hope. Shout out to Dairy Queen. They're no longer there. Um, but um, so being able to go to Northern Lights, go shopping, um, and just, you know, not used to a lot of crime or anything like that, just enjoying life as a little girl. That's what I remember um, growing up in Columbus. 
Yeah, my first time coming to Columbus, I was 18. So I actually remember like City Center Mall and, and all yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. That was um, a mall we frequent too. Okay. Okay. Now, um, how did you and your husband meet? So, and I want to give him a shout out to um, Bishop Joel Sanders, my the love of my life. We were um, high school sweethearts. So we um, attended Northland High School. Shout out Northland Vikings. Um, and I remember I was 16 and he was 17 and, um, I was walking down the back hallway. He going to get me for this, but I was walking down the back uh-huh. hallway, <laughs> um, where the art classes were and he approached me and, um, you know, he was, you know, his, his rap or whatever, his game or whatever. Yeah. And so, um, I thought he looked cute, you know, and handsome. He was tall, dark and handsome. And so, um, from there, we just started, you know, going out and um, we dated for some time on and off. And um, then I um, moved away and went to Canisius College in Buffalo, New York. Um, and so I was there for a while and he stayed for like a semester. I um, really did not um, enjoy um, the college life there. I guess I was homesick. So I came back and went to Ohio State. Um, and then we, you know, kind of linked back up and, um, histories was made from there okay now fast forwarding you know obviously that you and your husband uh passed the churches uh so tell us about um you know your service there at faith empowerment temple and and everything that uh i'm center i'm sorry and everything Mm -hmm. that uh you guys are doing there so i am and i i'm so grateful to be the leading lady of faith empowerment center Um, So prior to the pandemic, we did in-person services. So we're doing it online now. Um, And so there's a lot that we do because I believe in um, church is a community um, and we're supposed to help the community. And that's what Jesus Christ did. And so if we're supposed to be like him, then we're supposed to follow in his footsteps as his disciples. Um, So with that being said, um, we do a lot um, at Faith Empowerment Center. we pass out backpacks to um, children. They're full with school supplies for grades K through 12. Um, those are for um, children that are maybe less fortunate or parents may be in a bind. Um, you know, so we help you know lessen the load for those parents. Also, we do um, Thanksgiving dinners, um, and so this is for the community where um, we've partnered with First Link. Um, so there's a lot of people from all over central Ohio that are in need, um, people that are in the suburbs, people that are in um, the low income housing areas as well. Um, so we have a dinner, the saints come together and we prepare like a, a home cooked meal um, right in the, um, the, the church. Um, so we service them as well. We also during Christmas, um, we partner with Toys for Tots. So we give out toys to um, children um, ages zero through 15. Um, And so we've partnered with like some of the local pizza shops and um, Walmart and Sam's. And so they donate food as well. So when they come, you know, one thing I like about um, the Christmas time is I like when the kids come and they're able to actually pick out their toys. Um, So we usually give two toys per child. Okay. Um, Uh, So what do you love so much about giving back to the community? Because I remember uh, managing the TV station. I came out to an event that you had at the library, I think, and you were giving Mm -hmm. out backpacks and things of that nature. So I know 
that's something near and dear to your heart. So what do you love so much about it? So, um, and I think you referred to the, the YES group, which is our youth empowerment sessions. Um, so previously I was a probation officer and I've worked with our youth and, um, you know, they label them as delinquent youth. Um, and so for me, I was always that one that wanted to work with the underdogs, the people um, or the, the, the youth or adults where people kind of throw them to the side. They may not look like me. They may not dress like me. They may not talk like me, but they're still human beings, right? Um, so the passion behind that is working out in the community and coming face to face with youth who are, you know, low income. They don't have just simple school supplies. Um, and then with all of the crime that, um, was it was still is increasing in central Ohio um, and just being able to put those um, services or those resources in those low income areas um, because you know I really do care about the youth does that make sense yep. um, just for example um, leadership skills when we do our youth empowerment center uh, I'm sorry youth empowerment sessions we focus on building um, leadership skills in the kids right so that they can be role models within their communities also anti-bullying there's a lot of not just bullying in the schools or in the communities but cyber bullying is another um, aspect of bullying that we don't like to talk about and because social media is so prevalent there's a lot of bullying that's going on with sexting and all of that mm -hmm. um, another thing is teenage pregnancy so for me working in the field and actually coming in contact with these youth, it's like, okay, I want to make a difference. I want to make a change. Um, and for example, I had a girl who was like 13 um, and she was dating like a 30 something year old man. Mm. Um, if you looked at her, she didn't look 13. Um, and, you know, of course it was reported to children's services and all of that, but um, it was, um, consensual and so um she got pregnant right and of course she wasn't given any names you know she's smart you know but um that was like another statistic so being able to put prevention services in place um that was something that we did with the youth empowerment sessions and just like you said with the backpacks um so everyone that came were um given a backpack full of school supplies and just to pass those backpacks out to those kids it put a smile on their face and it yeah. made them feel I'm better. So, yeah. Okay. And when did you develop that passion? Was it when you were younger or early on, uh, early on stages within your ministry or college that you wanted to specifically, you know, minister or uh, in some way help, uh, you know, our youth out? Okay. Yeah. So I can remember when I was young. Um, so my, um, let me just go back. One thing growing up, my father instilled in myself and my siblings um, was to always give back to those who are less fortunate, right? Um, because the Bible says that when you lend to the poor, it's like lending to him. And so, um, you know, kind of fast forward, and when we were a little bit older, my mother used to um, volunteer at St. Stephen's. And so um, she would be there for Thanksgiving, you know, helping out with passing out food. Um, also, you know, they would pass out clothes and I would be there and I would see their faces. And, you know, and I just, at that time I said, you know what, I want to keep this up. I want to do this as I get older. I want to be able to help um, those who are in need. But what really kind of 
sparked the, the passion was I had a friend who was a teenager um, and um, she got pregnant. You know, I think she was like 15. Um, and at that time, you know, I was working at Dairy Queen, but I was also helping her out. I was buying groceries and I was helping with diapers and with clothes and stuff. I was a teenager doing this, right? Mm. Um, so the passion has been there since I was um, like 14 or 15, helping out one of my friends who, um, you know, was a teenage mom and um, needed help with like, you know, just the bare essentials that, you know, we take for granted, right? Mm -hmm. um, um, hygiene products, just, mm -hmm. you know, different things. So for me, I just said, when I go to school, I wanted to kind of study that a little bit more to kind of see the dynamics and what it takes to actually become someone that's able to help in the social service field. And so that's kind of where my passion came from. Yeah, that pretty much the answer the the very next question I was going to ask you about, you know, becoming a caseworker. So I guess that that passion uh, just kind of led to, hey, this is what you wanted to do as a career as well. Um, tell us about what is the Esther Sanders uh, Scholarship Awards Program for young adults? Okay, yeah. So I totally forgot about that too. Um, so what we do is. Um, and to keep my mother-in-law's legacy alive. And, you know, I um, just honor her, her legacy, Mother Esther Sanders, um, just a, a, an epitome of a woman who's an epitome of Proverbs 31, let me say that. Um, she believed in helping, um, just helping individuals. And what we do with that is we award scholarships to um, high school graduates um, and so there's an essay that's involved. You have to write an essay. Um, and then we have different individuals who um, find the best essay, right? According to those questions. And we um, award um, $1,000 scholarships to at least three or four um, different students. Um, and so when COVID hit, we kind of stopped because we weren't able to come together because usually we have that um, award ceremony. Um, but that's something that we're going to start back up. Also, since we're on this, we also do something um, called diapers for um, babies. And that's kind of um, something that we do for mothers. Um, we give out diapers for the first six months um, of that child's life. And that's something that my mother-in-law used to do um, when she was alive. She always bought diapers. She's like, I got you for the first year. And so um, we called it bottoms up. Um, and it's diapers for babies. So we do that as well. Okay. I, I like that name. Um, as far as uh, one more question about, uh, you know, your youth empowerment sessions before we transition to something else. Uh, can you tell us any success stories of, you know, someone, you, know, you don't have to give a name, but maybe okay. someone was in a, a circumstance or, you know, coming to the sessions definitely helped them, uh, you know, better their lives? Yeah, sure. Um, so we had just all different classes of kids that will come from all different socioeconomic statuses, let me say that. Um, so I tend to deal with a lot of our gang bankers, right? Mm -hmm. So um, one of the kids um, was in one of the well-known gangs, I won't say what it is, but um, he, he would come and, you know, and, you know, I think at the time, um, a guy was talking about leadership. And he always did this chant, which I really, really love on leadership. And um, 
he came to all of the sessions and of course we feed the kids as well. And so he was in a gang and I knew he was in a gang. And so we talked about it and he said he wanted out of the gang. Um, and so, you know, as he began, you know, begin to come and listen about anti-bullying, um, about boosting his self-esteem, um, about job resources and all of that, um, he came back, I want to say the following year, and he said he was no longer in the gang. He was cleaned himself up. He was working, you know, working at like one of the local restaurants, which was good. Um, he graduated from high school um, and, you know, went through the self-recovery um, program, um, credit recovery, I'm sorry, program. Um, and so for me, that made me feel so good because I'm like, hey, kudos, we're doing something. Lives are being transformed. Um, and for me, that was a success story, not because he was in the gang, but because he was an African-American male um, and he was not going to be that statistic that society has placed on him, which says that you won't make it to the age of 21. And so I believe in um, affirmations. And so that's another thing that um, he credited to his success was he was saying the affirmation is I will be successful and I will live past my 21st birthday. And that was something that I would tell the kids to say daily, you know, mm. and of course, build upon that as well. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, one thing I always uh, know about you as well, that you definitely have a heart for women as well. Yeah. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about your women empowerment you know, initiatives and things that you do to empower them and to, you know, give them the, the resources to you know, stay strong and, and do all that, uh, do all the things that, that they do. Yeah. So thank you. Um, I, um, do something called shine like a masterpiece coaching. Um, and I did this prior to, um, receiving my master's in, in clinical mental health counseling. Um, and so these were individual sessions and I still do them. Um, but individual sessions to um, push and propel women to the next dimension in their life. Because as women, sometimes we feel depressed, we feel overwhelmed, we feel like we can't make it, we feel like we'll never shine or we'll never be anything. And so um, I did um, a lot of things, even at the church, Queens at the Table was a support group where um, women, we come together and we talked about self-care. We talked about um, um, building our self-esteem, um, how to make ourselves beautiful from the inside out so that our inside matches our outside. So we're just not dressed up on the outside, but inside we're tore up um, to make us love ourselves, to feel good about ourselves. Um, and that was a six week program. And this was prior to COVID. Um, and so I do that. Also, we do, um, I talked about the coaching. And um, I also do like the individual coaching as well. So I do group coaching and I do individual um, coaching as well. Um, and it's just to allow for women to be themselves, um, to um, get to a place of vulnerability. Because a lot of times we have this mask on, we have this wall up, we have this barrier up because we don't want to be ourselves. Um, and just a quick plug, I do have something coming up in September. It's called Get Up and Win, Holistic and Wellness International Encounter. And it's a spinoff of um, the global prayer that I do on Mondays nights on um, um, Facebook Live. And so it's a, a time for, um, you know, I do a devotion and then we pray. We pray for um, things that we're going through and, and also for our nation. So 
So, yeah. Okay. Now, we always, you know, society, especially, you know, we talk about the pressures of being a man, but, you know, how difficult is it being a woman, you know, just as far as, you know, you have the appearance thing, you, you know, you have to try to keep up children, take care of your husband, like all these, you know, hats that, that, that you have to wear, you know, how, how difficult and overwhelming can it be at times? Sometimes, um, Terrence, it can be very overwhelming, right? Mm -hmm. So I've learned to um, implement time management and prioritizing stuff. However, sometimes social media can have you looking like, okay, you're supposed to look this way, or you're supposed to talk this way, or you're supposed to walk this way. However, one thing that I've um, grasped is to be myself right mm -hmm. and be the best version of who I am and as women we have to learn that we're unique it's only one of us mm -hmm. and a lot of stuff that you see on social media is airbrushed it's you know um, filtered all of that is mm -hmm. you know what you see on social media but the best thing is to be yourself yeah. And so for me, I am unapologetically me and I'm, that's who I'm going to be. Um, but sometimes there's times where I do feel overwhelmed. I do feel stressed. And for me, it's like, I've learned to use that two letter word in the dictionary that we don't like to use. And that's no, I can't mm -hmm. do it. Or I can't show up. I won't be able to um, support you. However, I may send you a love gift or I may send you, you know, mm -hmm. or something. But for me, just being able to prioritize everything because when you have like like a, a plate like Thanksgiving, you have all of this food on this plate, right? Mm -hmm. And so you put you pack everything on that plate, and if you keep packing and packing and packing, eventually that plate is going to collapse. And yeah. sometimes in life we put so much um, on our plate to where <laughs> mentally we collapse. And so for me, I've learned to kind of backpedal. And I'm a calendar girl, right? And so I have to look on my calendar and say, okay, you know what? I thought I was going to be able to attend this, but I don't think I'm not because I want to do this. Or I just want to have a self-care day. Like today, Saturday is my self-care Saturday. So, um, and just being able to be a wife, a mother, and a friend, um, those roles are huge responsibilities, right? Because the first thing you're supposed to take care of is your home. I know some people do it backwards, but your home, right? Yeah, that's your yeah. foundation. That's your, right. that's your, your, your loving place. That's where mm -hmm. you're able to unwind and be yourself. Like you are, that's where your character lies, right? Is mm -hmm. in your home, who you are. And so for me, if that is not together, mm -hmm. then it will just reflect when I go out in the community and I don't want to be just all in shambles. Right. Now, how did you get into counseling and, um, you know, some people may pastor and not necessarily have those um, certifications to cancel. So what made you want to do, uh, do that? Good question. So um, for me, um, just being in the ministry with my husband, I've come across a lot of different, we'll say different people. How about that? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Let's keep it cool. Different yeah. uh -huh. people. Okay. Right. Um, and so... For me, just being able, like, you know, passing by these different types of personalities, because I feel like being in church, um, it's like a melting pot of personalities. 
So it's so many different personalities. And as you know, the church is supposed to be the spiritual hospital. So you'll get all types of people coming in, people who have broken legs, people who have a neck brace on people. So, but mentally, a lot of people are mentally sick. And so for me, I was, um, I would counsel people um, and it would be from a biblical standpoint. Um, and so I was in prayer and the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, you're going to go back and you're going to get your degree. And I was like, oh, you know, I was like, uh, I wanted to do that when I was 21, but then mm -hmm. I got married. So I'm a little older now. So, mm -hmm. but um, for me, because of what I experienced and what I walked through, I felt like that clinical piece or that educational piece was just the icing on the cake um, in order to see why some people come to church the way they do or to see why we got family members that, you know, Ray Way and them and how they act, you know, to see why we're in the community and someone just bust out screaming or, you know, um, but to learn and understand the um, physiological side of um, people. You know, um, you know, I can understand the spiritual, but then there's a psychological side too. There's an emotional side that we sometimes demonize and say these are demons. And I'm not saying that spirits don't arise in people, but yet and still some things you just need to sit down and talk to somebody. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, um, over the years, uh, some of the issues that, that, that you see, you know, how much is it um, connected to mental health? think, well, let me just go back um, and say this. In our, it depends on, in African-American churches, right? Let me say that because that's predominantly what we pastor. Um, uh, mental health or mental illness is considered taboo, right? Mm -hmm. um, so growing up, I know for me, I was taught, you don't go see a therapist. You just go home and pray about it and God's going to work everything out, right? And I believe in praying but then there's more work to be done after mm. you pray right sure. and so sure. i believe deliverance is a process mm -hmm. so once you pray then there are some things that you need to do in order to maintain that deliverance mm. um and so a lot of times in church i feel like people have experienced trauma tragedy um and they don't want to talk about it because they're embarrassed or they're considered the perfect leader or the perfect parishioner um, or the perfect person if you're in the marketplace or the perfect person in cyberspace. Um, and for me, I feel like some people um, need help, um, but they don't want to reach out and get it. So I think there's a large population um, that are suffering in silence, right? Because they're afraid to get help. They're embarrassed to get help. Um, or they're just full of pride and they feel like they don't need help, mm -hmm. um, you know, and sometimes they have that narcissistic um, personality. Um, and so I think in our African-American churches, we're coming around, right? Um, because, you know, when COVID hit, mental illness, it spiked, mm -hmm. right? And so people were in shambles. They didn't know what to do. So um, people were calling therapists, hey, I need to get in. I need to talk to somebody because I cannot stay inside my house. I got cabin fever. So um, I think there's a large amount of people who are dealing with mental illness. Um, and you just have to go out and see a licensed professional counselor. Okay. Um, now, I see that you're getting back into television. So I'm very happy to see that, you know, and 
feel like um you know i feel like a, a you know proud that i had like a little small part to do do with your foundation yes, so you know tell us about that yeah so first of all i want to thank you for um helping me to establish that foundation um with working with trinity broadcast network so kudos to you and all of the team um so I had an opportunity um, with um, Sarah Grace TV. She reached out and we had a conversation um, and she was doing it virtual. And we started talking about, hey, what about doing it in person, right? Um, and so she used to do it in person, um, but COVID hit. You know, a lot of things were relaxed as a result of COVID, but things are opening back up now. Um, so it's actually in Knoxville, Tennessee. Um, it is... Um, Sarah Grace TV. It's called Road to Damascus. Um, and so I'll be pretty much interviewing um, individuals from all over the world. Um, and, you know, from a spiritual standpoint, um, it's on um, 19 different stations. Mm -hmm. um, it's on Uverse TV, um, Roku. And um, I'm super excited. We start actually next month because mm -hmm. um, I got some things that, you know, um, I'm already booked for, right, for this mm -hmm. month. So mm -hmm. we start and um, and I'm super excited. I'm super yeah. excited. Yeah, uh, definitely. It's, it's going to be uh, awesome. Just keep me updated on it. And we're definitely yeah. promoted on this end. Uh, tell us right quick about uh, some of the books that, that you've written. Yeah, so thank you. Um, the first book um, that I was able to write is, um, the Lord allowed for me to write was, um, It's Time for Upgrade. Um, and in that book, I talk about how I lost over 100 pounds. Um, and it was a tough journey, let me say that. Um, losing weight is just not the physical aspect, but it's also the mental aspect. So I talk about that journey and how I lost it in four and a half months, no surgeries, no supplements. Um, and the second book is Shine Like a Masterpiece. Um, and in that book, I talk about how my character did not line up with my reputation um, I was a victim of depression, anxiety, um, and I was not clinically diagnosed, but I had all the signs and symptoms. And um, it was, as a leader, I didn't want to address it. Um, but at some point it was like, okay, I need to see a counselor. So I was able to see my therapist um, who I love seeing and was able to process some things. So in the book, I don't just talk about the issues are also offer solutions, right? Because um, a lot of times we dwell on the issues of life, but we don't offer the solutions. So yeah. Yeah. Um, and then also, I know that you go out and, uh, and speak. I've seen that you've uh, done some speaking what, in Africa and in different uh, parts of, of the state. So what do you enjoy about going out ministering to different congregations? Yeah, so I believe in um, preaching the good news of Jesus Christ. Um, to offer hope to those who feel hopeless, um, hope to those who feel worthless, um, because I've been there before, so I know what that feels like. Um, so the Lord has, and I give him all glory and honor, he has blessed me to um, be able to go out and speak. And I'm gonna kind of go back. My husband was the one who really pushed me because I used to just, you know, when I got married, I wanted to take care of my kids. And he was like, you need to get up and you need to speak. And I'm like, I know I need to take care of my kids right now. Mm -hmm. And so um, as they got older, Madison, I think was like five. 
and the spirit spoke to me and said, it's time. So I was talking to my husband and he was like, okay. And doors just started opening. Um, and so next week we're going to be in Barbados mm. in Trinidad ministering. And then at the end of this year, we're going to be in um, um, Accra, because I don't want to say Accra, but Accra, Ghana, and we'll be ministering as well. And we have other places that we'll be ministering in between, um, but we're super excited. I enjoy doing the work of the Lord and seeing his, his, you know, him getting the glory and honor out of everything that I do. I just want to be his mouthpiece um, and his vessel for this season, because there's a lot of people who are dying. Um, and so I feel like God has equipped me to go out um, and I have my arsenal to go out and to um, preach the gospel to those that um, feel like they have no hope. And uh, I wanted to also ask you, who has influenced you over the years? Oh, um, let me say, oh, that's a, there's so many people. Um, can I do two people? Can sure. I say two people? Yeah, okay. Sure. Um, so one person that I think has really been an influential part in my life is um, I love Joyce Meyer. Mm. Um, I've read the majority of all of her books. And um, one book that um, she has written that has been influential in my life outside of her is The Battlefield of the Mind. Um, and so I remember reading that book a long, long time ago. Um, and back then, you know, messages weren't as um, reachable as they are now. You can just at the click of a, of, of a button. And so for me, she has influenced me to um, trust God in um, difficult situations, um, to pray and to, um, you know, be a good wife, right? Um, and so another person is T.D. Jakes. So I, um, he's like a mentor in my head. Um, she is too, but he's like a mentor in my head. Like I listen to him faithfully every Sunday after my service. Okay. Um, and so for me, he's a, a, a thinker. Um, and so he allows for, for me to think outside of the box. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I would say them too. Okay. And then um, I've just actually, uh, I think today or yesterday, may a month I've been back in Columbus, but how have you and your family dealt with COVID over the last, you know, two years uh, in this particular area? Um, so it has been challenging. Let me say from, was it March 2020 is when we were yeah. sheltered in place. Yeah. Um, and for me, um, I think I experienced cabin fever. I was able to rest. So let me say that um, I really enjoyed my home because when you're always on the go, you know, sometimes you don't enjoy like the things that you work so hard for. Mm -hmm. So for me, I was able to enjoy my home. Um, I was able to enjoy family, being able to cook dinner. I was forced to cook dinner, right? I mean, I do <laughs> cook dinner, but I'm talking about every day, yeah. right? Um, because I didn't want to order out because I didn't know if the people behind the um, the register or people behind the stove had COVID, right? Because wow. I mean, they really try to inflict and incite fear. And a lot of us, right? So for me, um, just being able to get closer to my um, children, my husband, family, 
I'm being able to pick up the phone, um, to FaceTime my mother and father every single day was something that, um, you know, I was able to do. But for me, it was also an opportunity for me to get closer to God. Like to me, I felt like the world just stopped. And it was like, the Lord just said, everything's going to stop. Now it's time for you to really seek my face because you don't have no other choice but to. Mm. Um, I felt like when that plague came, it just allowed for um, not just the world, but for me, myself and my family just to stop and to cherish the moments and to cherish the quality time. I felt like we had quality time mm. right when COVID hit. So um, and it has taught me some lessons, too. Mm. So, yeah. And what are your goals for the rest of 2022? Um, so my short-term goals, um, and this is what I want to accomplish within three months, is to, um, I have a test that I need to take, so I want to pass that test, mm. um, and to um, finish a couple of books that I have um, already written. I just need to, you know, tweak some things. Um long-term goals is to travel the world, right? I got a lot of different countries on my bucket list. Um, And to um, another long-term goal is to own my own practice. Um, And so I wanna be able to counsel and and just to help people to um, propel themselves to the next dimension in life and so that they'll be able to reach their destiny um so yeah okay now before i get to the rapid fire question part i just want to ask you a question about um (laughs) when you travel far away or what what's the longest flight that you've been on because i've been on uh when i went to korea i think it was 16 hours and i didn't know at first like man what am i gonna do been on this plane that long but it really wasn't that bad for some reason i mean i guess i slept most of it but um and what is what is it like for you being on like long flights so for me, the longest flight that I was on, um, and there it was cut up, was to Dubai. It took us 19 hours to get there. Um, and so for me, I'm a little different, Terrence. So for uh-huh. me, I got to get up and I got to walk around. Like, I just cannot sit there and watch movies. Like my husband, he'll watch movies. And, you know, I'm like, well, I'm about to walk around like the plane and stuff yeah. like that. But for me, um, it's opportunity for, of course, for me to think. I'm able to write my notes. You can write your notes like five or six times because you're on it for so many hours. And um, I'm not really a movie person, um, but you know, I try to sit and watch movies, but it's also an opportunity for me to sleep. And because okay. prior to like COVID, you know, we were constantly traveling. And I remember when we were on our way to Dubai, I slept a lot too. Um, but just also just writing out like my short-term goals, my long-term goals. Um, writing out those action plans, what has been executed. But for me, just being able to, I don't know, just rest, rest my mind. Yeah, I enjoy that. Okay. And then coming from someone who writes music, like how long does it uh, take you to write like a book? And then like, what's your, you, you don't have to dab too much into your process, but you, you enjoy to type it out, uh, come up with, you know, bullet points okay. and kind of go from there. What do you kind of, what's your process? Yeah. So um, let me say this, my first book, I um, typed it out and I made a mistake. I did not save it on a flash drive. So my computer crashed. Oh, wow. Everything was lost, right? (laughs) Wow, wow. That was a teachable lesson. Um, 
Um, but my second book, so with the first book, it took me probably a couple months, but my second book, I actually wrote it. I typed it out in Aruba. It took me one week. Um, I was up at 5 a.m. every morning and my husband, you know, he's a night owl. So I was, I'm an early bird. So I was up just typing and it took me one week, seven days to write my second book. Um, Yeah. And this, the third book, which it's already completed. I just have to, you know, take pictures and stuff like that, which I'm waiting. Um, It took me probably about, uh, about a month to write that. Um, So, you know, sometimes you have writer's block, but I don't know for like the second book book I had to relive some things I was mm-hmm. crying I was happy you know mm-hmm. um it was some painful moments some proud moments um but yeah once you sit down and get buckled down mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah I know exactly how, uh, what you're talking about I've had you know times where it took me like a you know uh a, a three weeks to like record an album or whatever so I understand once you get in that zone it's just yeah. sometimes you just stay locked in yeah. Well, I do this in every um, program. I kind of throw a couple of rapid fire questions that you just answer <laughs> to the best of your capability and answer the first thing that comes to your mind. And the first one's going to be a little bit of pressure on you, but I'm going to throw oh, it out, God. throw it out there anyway. Um, not, you know, you can't, can't say your, your husband on this one, but your, your favorite <laughs> preacher. Um, I'll have to say T.D. Jakes. Okay. All right. Uh, favorite film. I'm waiting to exhale. Okay. Uh, favorite actor? Um, don't get me because I'm trying to think. Um, Angela Bassett. Okay. All right. Uh, you have a favorite recording artist? Um, I like Tamala Mann. Okay. And what do you do for fun? Oh, I travel. Um, I, when I do travel, I love to do excursions. Um, if it's zip lining, if it's um, scuba diving, even though I can't swim, but I have on my life jacket. Mm-hmm. Um, running is something that I like to do too. Uh, favorite places to travel? Um, I love Aruba. I love Aruba. Okay. Aruba, Dubai, um, Dominican Republic, um i only been in Me- i call it mexico because it's mexico right mm-hmm. but mexico i've been there one time um i want to go back um in new york city okay uh favorite um favorite food um it is a grilled chicken caesar salad okay uh hot or cold hot all right and uh What's a place that you want to travel to that you haven't been to yet? So what is on my bucket list is Bora Bora. Um, and it is on my bucket list. I told my husband, maybe within the next five years, we can go. Because um, it's out in the middle of like, you know, like their um, resorts are out in the water. So, okay. yeah. And what motivates you? Um, My children. All right. And then when it's all said and done, what do you want your legacy to be? Um, That I want people to remember me by um, how I help people and what I did for the community, what I did for my children, what I did for my husband, and honestly, what I did for myself. All right, Shalitha, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast today. Thank you. Uh, For those who are interested in learning more about your books, 
um, maybe, you know, you come into the church to speak or just uh, counseling sessions or your Zoom specials or whatever you have going on, how can they um, link up with you? So I'm on all of the social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat. Really, my daughter is the one on Snapchat. Um, Twitter, um, YouTube, um, LinkedIn, Shalitha Sanders. Um, also, you can go to my website um, for any bookings at www.shalithasanders.org. All right. I definitely appreciate you coming on the podcast today. And I want to thank all of you for tuning in. And we'll see you on the next episode. Take care. I want to thank everybody for their support, those of you that have been watching all of our podcasts. If you're interested in donating to the Stages Mind podcast, you can send that two ways via PayPal or Cash App. Our Cash App is Terry from the A, and our PayPal is double ETV101. Support this machine today to help us continue to do what we're doing. Also, if you're interested in becoming a sponsor of the Stages Mind podcast, Email me today at doubleetv at yahoo.com or call 334-498-5394. Thank you very much. I want to thank you for tuning in to today's program. Be sure to hit that like, subscribe, and notification bell for all things pertaining to the Stages Mind podcast. Until next time, take care. Give everything better yet, give your all. Never wanna see you win, nevertheless, you evolve. Wanna see my demise, you can be in for a surprise, cause the sun ain't about to set.